So welcome to the CPP Group Talk here in the European Parliament in Studio One uh, on Russia. Uh, from red terror to terrorist state, is a different Russia possible? And joining us, uh, first of all, is Rasa Yuknevishchenye, uh, MEP from Lithuania with the uh, EPP group, also ex-defense minister, yes. so very interesting as well. <laughs> it happens. And, <laughs> and uh, Yuri Felschinsky, uh, you're a historian based in, um, in Boston. Uh, you've written extensively on, on uh, Soviet uh, history. Uh, including uh, the rise to power of Lenin, and then on to the rise to power of Putin. So very, very interesting to discuss this uh, as we look at where Russia is going in this war against Ukraine and uh, what, what could be the upshot of this. Uh, as we saw the, the, the fall of Kherson recently, uh, people are talking about how maybe Putin is weakened, but to what extent, and are his days numbered or not? Uh, so why don't we start first, uh, Yuri, if you could say briefly, because that's what this book is all about and, uh, and the others that you wrote, is, is about this, um, the history of Russia and what it is doing uh, now. Now, in the, in the background is, uh, and, and a very interesting uh, discussion we had uh, in this earlier event today, it was a big, uh, long discussion uh, about the, uh, the, the background here of the security services uh, in uh, Russia, uh, that they have had a, a strong influence, first of all, in, in strengthening the, the communist government at the very start after 1917, mm -hmm. but also in, of course, bringing Putin to power and keeping him in power. Um, what is the power of those, of those uh, state services, uh, security services, uh, then and now? Well, I think we are dealing uh, with uh, state security as the institution which took power in Russia in 2000 and installed Putin to be the president as the representative of the former KGB, current FSB. And that's what Putin is uh, continuing to be. And for this reason, our problem is much bigger because our, our problem is not just Putin. Uh, if this would be just Putin, we could replace him and everything would be fine. Yeah. But this is not uh, so. And the struggle to take power in 2000 started literally in 1917 when the state security was created. Because it's been built, it, it's a network that has bolstered <coughs> one government after another, right? It's, and, it's, and a huge, it's a huge network about which we do not even now have an understanding how huge it is. We still do not know how many thousands of people working for this system. Uh, we, we never knew. And uh, in, in your book, now this is uh, uh, the return of Russian terror and the threat of World War III blowing up Ukraine. Uh, what is the, how does that work into what is happening now, that they are uh, continuing uh, in this conflict that requires this, the support of the uh, security services to that con for that to continue, right? Well, this book actually was written mainly in 2015. Okay. after the first invasion of Ukraine in 2014, because 14. those days it became clear to me that uh, Putin will, will never stop until he takes control of Ukraine. Uh, so we know that in 22, in February, he started a full-scale war. And uh, ironically, 
I think that 24th of February, as, uh, on the one hand, is going to be written as the, be as the beginning of the Third World War in history later, uh, that it's going to be a major event. I think as a result of this war, uh, Russia will be defeated. I just do not know, and probably no one knows, uh, how long this will take. The war already continues for eight plus months, and how much uh, we all pay for our victory. Now, what if Russia is not defeated? Or what if the West uh, does not show the, the concerted effort that it has up to now that they cut a deal? I think in many ways Russia is already defeated uh, after eight, more than eight months of war. It lost his uh, its army completely. Uh, Putin was trying, of course, to mobilize 300,000 additional people. They all went abroad, so he lost his second army even before the fight started. They're trying to mobilize now the third army, but this is, uh, this is the army which is not capable to fight against Ukrainian army, which is now very experienced. There's a bunch cutting. of recruits, right, Pro from the draft. Correct. Yeah. Professionals, and they do not have, uh, you know, ammunitions. They do not have military equipment because they never planned to have this war as eight months war. So militarily speaking, they're in terrible shape, and we could sleep quietly and just claim the victory, except that Russia has nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. Are they going to use them? Uh, this is the most important question, yeah. seriously. This is the most important question. I would not uh, say that I know the answer. Uh, I, I sincerely hope they will not use it, but I think if they plan to use it, if they have the idea to use it, uh, they probably will try to use it from Belarus, not from the Russian Federation, uh, since Belarus is, technically speaking, an independent state. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why Putin keeps Belarus independent for this particular Formally. reason. Formally independent. Formally independent. Otherwise, he would annex it, because we see how he loves to annex every piece of territory which he takes under his control. And what is suspicious is not just that he's not annexing it, but there is not a single person in, in Russia, you know, mm. in the parliament, yeah. in the press, who is talking about this. And okay. this is an indication that this is done on purpose. So I think this is the most dangerous territory, Belarus. Uh, it be, was dangerous prior to invasion of 22, because mm -hmm. it was clear that Putin has to uh, un take control of it first, and he took control in 2021. So we better watch Belarus. Now, uh, something that you mentioned uh, in, the, in the longer event uh, earlier today, was that Belarus is kind of the key to what happens in the future, that if, uh, if Lukashenko, the, the, the last dictator of Europe, the, the ruler of Not Belarus... The Putin is also... Well, yes, OK, all right, that's Europe, you're right, um, is, is uh, toppled, that could help to prevent Russia from using Belarus as a base, as a way to perhaps go into Ukraine again from the north. Um, maybe get your reaction, also Rasa's reaction on that. No, yours no. Well, uh, the, the reason why Putin stopped in 2014, because he realized very quickly that you, you, you cannot take Ukraine 
without, uh, you know, moving into direction of Kyiv. And if you look at the map, you understand that you cannot attack Kyiv from the territory of Russian Federation. It's too far. Yeah. So he had to take Belarus first. And actually, in the book, which was written and published in 2014, mm. I wrote that we should watch Belarus. And the moment uh. we see Russian troops there, this indicates that they are going to invade Ukraine. Uh, we missed it somehow probably because of coronavirus but but that's why belarus is uh, important if we take belarus out of putin's control not only he's losing geopolitically important territory which allows him to uh, attack eastern europe with commercial forces mm. but we also uh, take away his ability to strike from uh, neutral or whatever independent right. Belarus. Then, then, then Hasa, that brings me to, to, to ask you on, on the policy side, uh, Madam Former de Defense Minister, um, how do you see this and how important is it for, I guess, uh, Europe to, to continue bolstering and strengthening the, uh, the anti-Lukashenko movement uh, in, in Belarus? Of course, it's very important because I believe that those people, they were in the streets in 2020, yeah. they still keep the same uh, mood, the same spirit in their hearts, despite that uh, regime was able to stop them and uh, <clears throat> keep them silenced now inside Belarus. But uh, it will, it, it is, it is uh, I, I am sure that Belarusians, they support Ukrainians and they don't want uh, uh, to be involved directly into this war. They don't want to be mobilized, despite that Putin is uh, pushing uh, Lukashenko to do this, and maybe mm. uh, mobilization in in Belarus also will happen. I don't know, <clears throat> but you know, uh, uh, back to what what's what's already happened. Uh, many were shocked and surprised what happened in 24th of February uh, this year, uh, because uh, many people they. Uh, uh, they were not evaluating the situation in in the proper way, as uh, Yuri Felstinsky uh, was uh, not only himself, mm. but many, many, many of uh, people were following the situation and were not not so surprised as as many in the West, uh, because uh, you know what uh, Putin is was uh, uh, was preparing for 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 such. Uh, uh, large-scale war, uh, but not necessarily uh, in the very beginning. He uh, he was expecting that Ukraine will will fight, uh, and of course his uh, first version was uh, when I was minister. You mentioned mm -hmm. of defense. Yes. Uh, he wanted to take Ukraine without the war, uh, via Yanukovych, via uh, you know meddling into election mm -hmm. and taking with so-called soft power or I would say corrupt power or dirty power yeah, uh, which... you know because what they what happened after Yanukovych won election he refused to join NATO uh, military bases in Crimea uh, were prolonged the ter term for so-called uh, rent, rent for, for, for Russian Federation, and uh, Putin wanted to test NATO and us via Baltic states. Uh, that was uh, his first uh, first idea. Which led and, then to the Euromaidan uprising yeah, but and that, the fall yes, of his government. They saved, uh, so this is why I always thank Ukrainians. They saved us from Blitzkrieg uh, in 2014, uh, when they uh, resisted or up, up, uh, 
uprising was against Yan Yanukovych. Yeah. So then Putin changed his plan and he annexed Crimea, uh, started his launch this war in eastern part of Ukraine. But at that time, not very many uh, were taking seriously. Of course, at that time, it was much more serious reaction than Georgia happened in 2008. Right. But at that time, of course, uh, NATO woke up and uh, we have now in Eastern Europe more troops, uh, everything, uh, you know, because to take a person who is uh, in deep sleep, uh, sleeping in the night is easier than when person is uh, is uh, is uh, uh, in, in daytime uh, watching uh, situation yes. carefully. Well, talking about sleep, I mean, uh, I yeah, think yeah. You, you suggested uh, during during the, the discussion earlier today was that uh, the West was asleep or they missed it. They missed it when it came to uh, uh, 2007, was it, uh, in Georgia? Eight. 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 In yeah. 2008 in Georgia, then uh, 2014 uh, Crimea. Uh, and and if we had stood, you said that if we had stood the line and, and imposed sanctions like we have now, uh, back in, say, 2014 or even 2008, uh, we wouldn't be here in, in this situation today, right? They missed it partially. Well, first of all, they never realized that in 2000 the KGB took power, mm, the FSB yeah. took power. And this is actually the first time in history, literally, when the state security controlled a state and a major state in Europe, specifically nuclear states. This never happened before. Mm. Uh, then, of course, uh, they lived with this idea that they understand that Russia is a corrupt country and that Putin is a corrupt politician. And there is a kind of, it's a kind of good news, because if the person is corrupt, you always could buy him, because he's interested in money. Okay. So we miss that we are dealing with a completely irrational people and irrational structure, because this is not about money anymore. It was, until certain period, it was about money. But then it was not about money. It was about, you know, the control of the world. Restoring power. the former empire to its greatness. Re right? Restoring formal empire, because, again, we do not have to forget that Russia was always an empire. It was empire prior to 1917. It was empire prior to 1991, a communist empire. And so Putin sold very easily to people this idea that all their problems are happening because the world does not want Russia to exist as an empire. Mm -hmm. And this is like the fate, but the fate of Russia and the fate of Russians yeah. to, to live in imperial state and to, to the fate of Russia to be an empire. Empire. So unless, unless Russia change this attitude towards itself, uh, I think we are going to have problem with this state. And again, I think this, the problem is not just Putin. The problem is uh, politically speaking and military speaking with the FSB controlling the state. Right. But on philosophical level, Russia has to look at itself as if it's just a normal country, not, not, uh, not a, an empire. And for this, uh, Russia has to be defeated in the war. Otherwise, uh, this, mm -hmm. uh, this notion of empire, which was not allowed to exist by Europe or by NATO or by the United States, it will live with them for some time. Now, uh, terrifying, says the Daily Telegraph on the front of this book. Um, and, and having in, in that, that context the idea of, of, of how this, the security services 
are largely running the show, right? Correct. Politically. Mm -hmm. uh, then w what does that mean if, if Putin is weakened now, and if he somehow is taken from the stage, how does that change anything? Well, first, uh, it may not change anything at all. Uh, secondly, we should not consider the, that Putin is the worst possibility, because there are a lot of people within the FSB who are actually not happy with Putin, but not because he started the war with Ukraine, but because he did not start the, 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 uh, the most aggressive war against the West. So there are actually voices in, in Russia, and we hear them from time to time, who are saying that, well, we have to say that this is a war against NATO. We had, have to conduct it as the war against the entire West. And uh, this is a danger which we are facing unless we find the way to end this war while it's still in, in the, within the Ukrainian borders. But the, the way to do it is, again, to help Ukrainians to win the help war. Ukraine. Okay, then, then on the policy side, then, Olesa, what do we need to do mm. to bolster Ukraine at this point? Yeah. And now that Kherson has fell, fallen, that, that shows the effectiveness uh, of, of the Ukrainian military, but how much further can that go? I just wanted to, to say some words on uh, is Putin worst or uh, maybe others will come even even worse. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think because they are allowed to speak loudly in Russia, inside mm -hmm. Russia, I still believe that it's part of the regime as well uh, to threaten us, to, to send a message to the Western countries that, look, if not Putin, uh, so others will be even worse, mm -hmm. and you have to have some kind kind of dialogue with Putin, because otherwise it will be even worse. It's the devil we know. This is my opinion. I... Uh, but uh, on, on, on the victory of Ukraine or all of us, uh, yes, Putin lost this war in the very beginning when he was not able to take Kiev. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's very clear. But uh, on the other hand, uh, it's still uh, a lot of losses, a lot of people are dying, a lot of blood. Uh, I am comparing with the World War Second. I'm not a historian, so maybe Yuri will correct me. But I feel that today we are somehow end of 43 or beginning or, or, or at 44, when 44 especially, when many understood that Hitler lost this war, but still the war was going and uh, millions and millions people were killed, uh, cities destroyed, uh, a lot of, of losses happened. So maybe we are now in the same situation. Uh, so that's why we have to keep going forward and uh, to support uh, Ukraine, even with offensive weapons. We, talk, we were As talking you called during, for during Yes, the we are talk. calling for that, because if we will uh, do not enough from Western side, especially with weapons, more people will be killed. It's not uh, we, when we say offensive uh, weapons. I think we have to s switch into saying defensive weapons, uh -huh. despite that officially the name of these weapons mm -hmm. are offensive. Yeah. But we will defend with such offensive uh, uh, weapons people, uh, innocent people, and people. They will be killed because we will not delivering them enough. Yeah. And of course, we will have we have to do our best to name Russia as terrorists. 
terrorist state, not to be afraid to establish uh, uh, tribunal, special tribunal uh, sanctions. And this is, I think, the, the most important sanction, yeah. indirect, but sanction against Putin and all those around, if they will know that court is already established and they will be asked for that. When we, for war we are crimes, speaking and right? speaking for war crimes, for, 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 for um, aggression against, yeah. against Ukraine, when we speak always, uh, never again, never again, never again, we, we, we didn't evaluate, we didn't condemn uh, communism. Uh, in proper way. So that's why this country mm -hmm. from red state became terrorist state, because it was not evaluated, yeah. never, internationally. Now, what about uh, the timing of Yuri's presence here, I think is quite important, isn't it? Because at this point, there is debate over whether we should cut a deal or encourage the Ukrainians to cut a deal with the, with the Russian government, or uh, how much further should we uh, be bolstering the, the Ukrainian uh, war effort? And that, I think, is an important point to make with your presence here. Ukrainian right. peace effort. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, there you go. Yes, peace effort. Well, first of all, I, I really do not believe that it's possible to have a deal with Russia. No. I mean, even if Europe really wants to do this, uh, because it's Putin who started the war, and it's Russia who is still trying to occupy uh, the entire Ukraine and probably some other countries. And I do not see any signals that these goals are changed and the policy of Russia is changed. So even if the West, the, the West would agree to Putin's conditions... And given, are, given the Donbass... Right. right. There, there are no, yeah. there are no conditions, because he wants I mean, everything. He Literally, he wants... It's sounds crazy, but that's how it is. But what if he settles? What if he settles for Crimea and for Donbas? Well, he won't. Uh, and if he, he settles, if he settles, he will start another war in another month. And here's the, the practical point. Uh, right now, we have uh, the, the largest army in Europe, because Ukraine has the largest army at this point, mm. which is able to fight willing to fight, has experience to fight against Russian aggression. Uh, if we give out Ukraine to Putin, what is not probably possible because Ukrainians would never agree to mm. this anyway, but if we say, all right, we stop any help to Ukraine, let them deal with this problem, yeah. then at the end, if Putin succeeds in Ukraine, what probably still not necessarily happens, then we will have the same problem with Putin without Ukraine. Yeah, that, that could make, uh, for instance, the countries in the Baltics nervous, where there is an ethnic Russian population. Right, Rasa? Uh, not necessarily. In Lithuania, I don't feel any danger from ethnic Russians or those they came uh, after occupation because we have only 5-6% of But those. Estonia, Latvia is different. Estonia, Latvia, yeah, but also now it's, I think situation is not as dangerous as it was before. Uh, even before the war, it was much more dangerous because this propaganda, this uh, disinformation warfare, Russia, Kremlin was more, uh, has more influence than now. Mm. Now it's uh, Latvians and others look uh, outcome of the last election in Latvia. Uh, these uh, uh, Russian uh, <coughs> political parties, they lost election totally. And mm -hmm. it's not even among Russians, I think, it's not popular really? to, to, to support Putin. But, but, we, okay. but could the next
next could the next next hotspot be Moldova? You you made the point yeah, that, that there are hundred what two hundred thousand Russian passports Correct. given. If if yeah. if uh, Russia reaches uh, Transnistria, what they are trying to do from they were trying to do this from day number one. Yeah. Uh, so far, of course, Ukrainians prevented them from from reaching Transnistria. But if they reach Transnistria and will have a land corridor to support uh, Russian troops in Transnistria, which are already there, yeah. then, of course, they will spark similar war in Moldova. Right. And but then, liberation of Kherson is correct. Uh, less, correct. less... Uh, correct. That's right. Correct. This, That's right. this change, again, we were talking about Putin and his ability to fight. He is not able to fight. This is clear. He, is not, he has no forces to fight, no weapons to fight, except for nuclear weapons. And But the risk of him coming to the idea to use nuclear weapons, I think it's much bigger with this war continue longer and longer and longer when he sees that that's what West is afraid of. Because <coughs> the, right. the West, of course, is afraid to give Ukrainians offensive weapons because the West is, is afraid that this would provoke Putin to use nuclear weapons. But mm -hmm. this actually works in reverse with Putin. Now, yeah, you, you yeah. also mentioned that um, that uh, Putin was held back from using nuclear weapons by people within the FSB. Is that right? No. What I say is that no. we are expecting that he is going to have a position within the FSB for him to use nuclear weapons. And yes. I suggested that the picture might be different, <laughs> that there are actually a crowd of people standing around him saying, let's use it, let's use it, let's use it. I I really do not believe that there is any opposition to Putin within the FSB. As soon as there would, would be, you know, we will see it because they will take down Putin, they will take down yeah. uh, Prigozhin, they will take down uh, Shaigu because yeah. it would be very easy to blame them for everything. But this is not happening. But what, what, all the, what about these increasing voices on the nationalist side in Russia criticizing the war effort, at least the way it's being carried out? Is that not an indication that, that Putin could be weakened? Uh, precisely, but they're criticizing him from the point that he's not doing enough. They're yeah, not yeah. criticizing him from the point that he started a war which is damaging Russia, blah, blah, blah. No. Yeah. So this is an opposition which is allowed to exist. This is controlled opposition. Again, this controlled maybe by the FSB. Some of those structures and parties were created back by KGB during the Soviet years. So uh, they, they uh, allow them to exist for a reason. And this reason is, again, to push Putin further and further further and further towards the world confrontation, which in, in many ways is unavoidable unless Russia is defeated in Ukraine. So mm. we always come to this um, understanding that the only way now to defeat Russia uh, is uh, to allow Ukraine to have free hands and to give them weapons, to give them all support they, they need since they are ready to, to fight what is a great uh, deal. It's a great danger and Ukrainians managed, managed to, uh, you know, to successfully fight against this aggression. So that, that indicates a longer conflict then, as far as you're concerned? Uh, uh, this is possible unless we give Ukraine uh, everything yeah. they need. Yeah. And Putin, are his days numbered? You, you described him as the, the, the CEO of the FSB. They are numbered. In, in a book which I published in 21, I, I wrote that he created a very stable system uh, and maybe in power until 2036, as he planned. 
unless he starts a war. And on 24th of February, he started the war, and this made his days numbered. So uh, yeah. the, the question is again, the question is no. not if we win and if he loses. Uh, the question is when he would lose and how much we will pay for the victory. How much we will pay? Mm -hmm. Rasa, any final thought yourself? Yeah, my final is the sentence that uh, if we want to have sustainable uh, secure uh, European continent, not only European Union, European continent, we have to help Ukraine to win this war and we have to defeat Putin. Uh, otherwise, it will be permanent uh, uh, waves of the wars coming from, from this uh, strange country like Russian Federation. And today we are witnessing, uh, I think, I still think, and it was my first message uh, for myself when Putin launched this large-scale war, that is the, uh, the beginning of the end. Look what's going on in South Caucasus. Look what's going on in Central Asia. Uh, so P Putin is losing everything around. Maybe today it's very difficult to predict to the future what will happen. But, but you, you think his days are numbered? I think it's the, uh, I, I still, I am in the same position that it's the beginning of the end and we have to do our best in the West to help uh, to help to happen it as soon as possible. Rasa, Yuri, thank you so much thank for joining you. us on this EPP Group talk here in the European Parliament. For more information, uh, keep in mind eppgroup.eu and the uh, the handle in the social networks at EPP Group. My name is Chris Burns. See you next time.